Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boys out here, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be alright. Join the conversation. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is your girl, Diamond, and I am here with one of the amazing cast members <laughs> of King Esther. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Lady Dane, how are you? Hello, sis. Um, I am, I'm good. I'm, I have been, it has been a uh, very busy November and December, uh, and so I am, um, you know, I woke up a little bit later than I'm used to waking up today, and I'm like, whoo, child. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I, <laughs> you know, Clytemnestra is, is uh, coming out mm -hmm. on uh, for Friday. It's being published, and so I've been just dealing with um, that and getting all that together so that the folks can read it. Um, but I am great. I'm really, really great. Um, yeah. I haven't seen you since I think it was 2000. Oh my gosh. I think, I, I think I saw you at the Philly trans health and you were doing, um, I did a um, concert. Yeah. I, um, concert on the plaza. I curated yeah. and, um, co-produced uh, a concert where we had artists from um, both nationally and internationally black trans artists. It was a whole roster um, of poets yeah. and um, of poets and musicians uh, uh, coming together for Philly Trans Health to celebrate, you know, celebrate black trans people. And so it was called um, Ascension, I think. I think that's what I named that one, Ascension. <laughs> It was amazing because you know music and trans shit is my bag yes. anyway. So when you add transness and music, I'm like, ow, so I'm going to be there. So I was there through the whole concert. It was yeah. fun and amazing because it was trans folks that was there, like the sitting in the audience and performing. But because it was right in the middle of the, like downtown Philly, there was cis folks listening as yeah. well and they were jamming and it was just so fire, just a black ass trans time and it being my my first my first introduction to you was in um 
it just through messenger because we you know we we love to give our ancestors love so we were talking about um orisha worship and e-file and stuff like that just on a our own spiritual level just us talking about it but meeting you the first time in your element of music that was like an amazing experience for me where i was like yes <laughs> Oh my gosh, you are so sweet. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's really important um, for, it's really important for us to celebrate us and for us to make art that centers us because I think that, um, I think that that's the way that we really do um the artistic work that we're really wanting to do is when is when we value and we appreciate and we uplift and we center and we celebrate um, our own selves and our own experiences because our own experiences are universal experiences. Right. We're just human beings going through human experiences with different, you know, circumstances and little embellishments. Absolutely. <laughs> but we still are humans going through human And we're not a monolith, right? So- <laughs> And we're not. We're totally, yeah. totally, totally different. So the reason why I wanted to have you here is because I was watching King Esther. So if anybody has not heard of King Esther, King Esther is a story of a trans woman named Esther. And she's struggling to find her path in New Orleans during the weeks before Hurricane Katrina. In the face of like the evacuation order, she is forced to make like a choice that will impact her future forever. Will she get out in time? Will she stay? <laughs> Will it, you know, it's so much, so much going on. Like she found love. She she's in a tumultuous relationship with her sister, her brother, and her, she has a great mom and blah 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 blah. So it was written and directed by Dewey Gerard. Yes, my brother Dewey. Uh, Dewey Gerard. It's um, it's a short form scripted series exploring the intersections between like race and class and gender in like a new, unique. New Orleans context. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it stars. Um, it stars you. It stars Rowan. Mm-hmm. Rowan Amon. What's Rowan? Mm-hmm. Rowan Amon. My little Amon. sister. Hey, sis. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jenna Hubert. Angelica Ross plays yes. in it. Um, yes. It's just, it's just a, it's a a black ass pretty brown ass cast that is like oh I, I just love it I love yeah. it I love it so I wanted to because we were connected I definitely wanted to showcase you and so you can give me um just some insight on your experience with it but can you tell me about what your career career was like before you act that led up to the Esther project you know it's so funny because like I always feel like it's like oh how do you talk about your career right and and like for me I always tell folks that you know I'm a healer I am a priestess I am an artist I am I'm a performance artist I'm an actress I'm a singer I'm a dancer I'm a playwright um I am a writer. Uh, I have like 12 books published and Theater Alliance here in DC um, produced uh, my first world premiere, which was Cloud of Nestor and Epic Slam Poem in May 2019. Um, I just finished acting in a play over at Rep Stage uh, called E2. Um, I'm an advocate. I'm co-editing the Black Trans Prayer Book. I am a mother. I am a daughter. Um, I am someone who uh, 
really believes that uh, Black trans people have the right to live and to thrive. Um, I am Black. I am Nigerian, Cuban, and Indigenous. Um, and so my career was really about... Um, <clears throat> Is, is really about being an artist, right? And about being a fully rounded artist, um, academic and advocate and doing all of those things. And so before King Esther, um, I, you know, I was doing the things that I'm still doing now, um, which means, you know, acting, writing, uh, singing, dancing. Um, and I was in a show at the time called uh, Wig Out by Terrell Alba McCraney over at Studio Theater. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dewey actually came to see the show because uh, Dewey is friends with my good, good brother, uh, Michael, um, and came to see me and Wig Out. And that's uh, actually how um, he came to see me and Wig Out. And that's actually how I got the role of Petra um, because he reached out to Michael and Michael uh, hit me up and was like, I want to give, um, I want to give my friend Dewey your information because he wants to talk to you about a project. And so he reached out to me, um, to chat with me really about the script. And then also was like, um, I want you for the role of Petra because of my work on wig out. So what led to the audition? Well, I didn't audition. Oh, he just said, yes, I want you girl. So, uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh! Wait, I didn't mean to sound like that. So, I'm, <laughs> no, honey, I don't believe in black women being awful. If, if you blew a motherfucker away in a play and they said you're the girl, you're the motherfucker. Well, see, this is the thing, right? Like, I actually auditioning is so hard for me. Number one, because I, um, I okay, so auditioning is hard for me. Because literally, it's like um, <laughs> I get so I have anxiety. Okay, mm -hmm. and so like going into auditions, I, it's it is. I feel like a lot of times I don't do in auditions what I will do on a on a stage or on the set of a movie, etc. When I get the part right, um, and so like my audition was me on stage and wig out. That was the audition. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, like, and then also directors sometimes hit you up because they want to they want to vibe out or they want to see like if they'll enjoy working with you too so like the phone call in a, in, a, in a way is also another type of audition so i think that like yeah part of it is is that we really are auditioning always and i believe that like um being your most authentic self in your life um that's why it's so important to be your most authentic self in your life um, because someone is always uh, observing. Yeah. Always. Tell me about how you felt when you read the script. I thought that it was beautiful. Um, I thought that it was beautiful. It was, you know, every shot that you saw in, in, in the web series, do we actually wrote the descriptions for that? 
and oh. and to be quite honest with you his descriptions of the of the actual settings are what drew me into his writing because they were so he I, he had a way of writing the descriptions in which you actually could you could you could um, the image was there in your mind and then on top of that right um, Esther felt to me to be like so many of my sisters that I knew Esther is self-aware right and I think that like there was like no savior trope there was no white savior trope there was no Esther's in need of salvation from you know her sis boo right it was that this is a young black trans woman who is clear about where she wants to be in her life and that she was taking the necessary steps whether you agree with those steps or not right she was taking the necessary steps to uh live her dream which was to be an actress and that the true and that you know i um i work with a director um i collaborate with a director a lot my brother timothy douglas and we were doing a project one time and and he talks about this and and i love the way he puts it um and that you know a lot of times like the the tragedy right is that the world doesn't believe or doesn't see or doesn't um acknowledge the brilliance of certain individuals but that you know esther is brilliant she is beautiful she is amazing um she is self-aware and she is not in need of a savior right she's in need of a world that um is willing to center and celebrate her brilliance um but she's determined to carve that out for herself and that's what i loved about it and so for me um one thing that i you know one thing that i reflected back um with with dewey on um in particular was um you know wanting the scenes in which any type of violence happens particularly around esther um to not be as triggering um and also um, that I wanted to see one of the girls that got out. Right. You know, I think that one thing that is very clear to me in my life is that your sisters are your sisters. Period. And that um, sometimes, you know, you may be a sister who got your doctorate degree and you trying to get the other girls off the stroll, but you're still in community with those girls. Mm-hmm. Because even if you have never had to go out on the stroll, there is a system of oppression that's trying to kill us all. And you can't and you can't um you can't educate your way out of it. You right. can't right. um prostitute your way out of it you can't read your way out of it you can't um love your way out of it you can't it's just there and no matter what stratosphere you go that is the common denominator that is oppressing us and it's trying to get us regardless whether you are a millionaire or you are or you have zero dollars in your bank account right like if you are a black trans woman there is a system that is trying to end you 
period. Yeah. That is ingrained in the white supremacist ideological foundation of colonization and thus the U.S. And upheld by most people outside of your group. Baby. Outside of your sisters. (laughs) (laughs) Baby. Baby, listen. But like sometimes even, but sometimes, right, because we sisters, right? And so this, you know, this is a conversation. And this is for just the conversation. This part is just for the black trans women, right? Just for the black Mm -hmm. trans people, community. Sometimes we also internalize that, right? And sometimes we also um, perpetuate that harm on each other. Because we were told, right? We were told that abuser dynamics was love. (laughs) And those things are not the same thing. We were told that respectability politics would save us. And we know that that's not true. If I get get this surgery, if I look this way, if I act this way, if I don't do this, if I I get that PhD, if I, you know what I mean? If I marry that rich cis white man, if I X, Y, and Z, that somehow, right, somehow the system will find me acceptable enough that I um, don't have to live in fear anymore. Right. And so... For me, within the within the, the web series, I was like, you know, I want to see, I want to see, I, I want to see one of the girls who got out, and Angelica Ross joining, right, like joining the uh, joining, like becoming an executive producer of the, the project, because she's also an actress, right? Gave us the ability to show that, right. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So, not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts, I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sir McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. So, do you remember where you were during Katrina? Oh gosh, to Katrina was in '05. Um, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember where I was. I do know I was in D.C. and I do know that I was. I, I do know I was in D.C. and I do know that I was angry. I was angry at the, the, remember the U.S. Ukraine. government. Yes. Um, I remember yeah. I, was, I was in Indianapolis and I was living, I had custody of my brother and I 
we were in our house on the south side of Indianapolis and I was just devastated. Like I didn't get angry initially mm-hmm. because I just the devastation, just seeing people on their roofs and seeing, um, you know, just how people was talking. I remember one of the distinct memories that I have is this little queer black mm-hmm. boy with a SpongeBob t-shirt on. And he had a very distinct, um, very distinct New Orleans accent. And they came and asked him questions. And he's like a little, maybe seven year old mm-hmm. boy. And he was so, he just was on it. His talking points, you would have thought that he was a professional baby. <laughs> <laughs> His talking points were so on it, like just from you know how that you know the 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 saying that you know from the mouth of babes. He was just reading them, like they like this is what they brought. They just giving us water. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, yeah. he just was on it, and you and he was a, and you can tell that he was a queer little boy, like because he was he just had that spice, baby. It is almost too painful to think about the impact this disaster is having on the youngest among them, the survivors, the thousands of children who can't comprehend what has just happened here, but it will be stamped in their memories. They'll never be able to forget it, what they're living through now. We wanted to hear from some of them tonight, and here they are in their own words. We just need some help out here. It is so pitiful, pitiful and shame that all these people out of here, they have over 3,000 people out of here with no home, no shelter. What are they going to do? What are we going to do? Take a look at all of this. Now, what they going to do if the hurricane come again? All of us going to be flooded. We don't have nowhere to go. Nothing to eat. My grandmother is a diabetic. She's 76 years old. She out of her insulin. What's she going to do? She don't know if she's going to live or die. We all don't know what we're going to do. So we just need some help and support. For me, it was it was kind of like a, a um, uh, they'll be all right. This they'll be all right. I know they're going to be all right because this if this person, if this little baby boy can come out and talk about it in this way, other people are talking about it in this way. They're just not putting the mic in their face. Then we got the Kanye West saying the yeah. you know George Bush don't care about black people, and it kind of blew up into this thing. But that particular moment, seeing a queer person queer little child just kind of reading them and saying the truth and then they played it they didn't cut it they just put it out there legitimately and it was so powerful (laughs) it was an amazing day he had on i I don't know if anybody listening is going to remember but he had on a blue a blue some blue shorts and a blue shirt with a yellow spongebob on the front of it and he just was he just it was so on point he was getting them together So that's what I distinctly remember. I mean, this. I mean, then baby I Jesus me. did say. I said, baby Jesus. Jesus did say the children shall lead them, <laughs> right? And so, like, I I think that, like, you know, it, it's like to be to be black in America, right? Like to to, to constantly um, be told that. Uh, our lives <laughs> to constantly be told by the system, right? That our lives should be in service to the same country that is deeply invested in, in, in killing 
you and ending your life um, <laughs> is tough, right? And so I was thinking about this today and I was thinking about like how hard I am on politicians and how some people are just like, dang, you just don't let up. Like, you don't, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due and you got to be blah, blah, blah. And I was like, let me tell you something. I said, there has never been a politician who has been elected to president ever in the history of this country that is specifically devoted, that is specifically, listen to my words, devoted to the livelihood and the, uh, the ability for black trans people to exist in a space of abundance. And so all of my life, I have been told to continue to choose the lesser of two evils. Yeah. And people don't understand how frustrating that can be when you have the clarity of the clarity to see all the bullshit for what it is. Now, yes, there are some people who are more evil than others. The orange one in the White House, right, is what, baby, listen. <laughs> right. Self-serving and don't care one bit. But I do know what I felt like as well when I was told by a president who, you know, I still adore and love that the people who were simply protesting the deaths of black people by the hands of the state, that their form of protest um, that this particular president called them thugs. I do know what I felt when he said that. Mm -hmm. So, um, and how dare you tell me to let right. up when I don't get right. a break? Correct. <laughs> Correct. I said, I was, you know, I was, I was speaking at a university one time and I said, listen, I said that I said the, the U S was, was built on the, the genocide of indigenous peoples, the enslavement of black indigenous peoples. And I said, from the minute, right, that black trans people are born, because of this white supremacist ideological, um, transphobic system, we are told that we should not be comfortable, right? So we learn how to live with being uncomfortable. We persevere, we endure, we conquer, we survive, we thrive sometimes, um, and we overcome. So I am sorry, person with privilege, but not sorry. No shade, no tea. But yes, you're going to have to learn how to be uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. Now that you had a chance to go back and look at the full scope of King Esther, yeah. you've watched it. Um, what are some of your favorite moments? Oh like, do you have a favorite episode? Do you have, what are some of your favorite moments? Okay. Favorite moments. Um, so I didn't get to, I didn't get to film with, um, I didn't get to film with Janet Hubert. I didn't get to film with her. Um, 
But she was amazing. She was so she was amazing. <laughs> I didn't realize it was her until like I think it was episode six when they were um like not they were on the shore of something and her and her friend were talking on that bench and the camera was in in her face. Yeah. I didn't realize the whole time that it was Jenna Hubert until that moment yeah. that she was the mother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her scenes are some of are some of the um, I love her scenes um, and so seeing her scenes for the first time right um, back at one of the screenings I was like oh my gosh she's a brilliant actress um, and uh, and then also that scene on the bench is hilarious right <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then um, I didn't get to film with um, Angelica, you know, her character of Denise and my character of Petra, um, are, you know, are at odds, <laughs> at odds. Um, and so we didn't get to film together. And so I love the insurance scene, right? When Dewey, um, Dewey sent me that scene, I was like, Ooh, baby. So I had, you know, I had some, I had some reflections and they couldn't make it into this iteration of, of the series. But, um, you know, I'm really hoping that Netflix can pick, pick it up, you know, give us some coin so that we can do a second season because I would love to implement some of the thoughts that I had, um, Mm -hmm. into season, into season two, chat with Dewey about those. Um, and I don't want to share it yet because we never know. Right. So, um, and then I must say, um, you know, the whole cast are so brilliant and that Rowan is, this was her first, her first acting gig. And I'm so proud of her. She, oh my goodness, what she does with Esther, nobody else could play her. Nobody else can play Esther um, with, it, it, it is like, you know, it, it feels to me, right, that like, <clears throat> there are certain roles where like an, an actress, an actor like takes on that role and it's like, oh, this is your role. <laughs> this is, you know what I mean? Um, I think it helped, I think it happened with, um, you know, Jennifer Holiday as Effie White, you know, the definitive. Um, I think it happened with Jennifer Hudson as Effie White in the movie. Um, I think it happened with Nell Carter and Give Me a Break, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Miss, Miss Diane Carroll as Dominic Devereaux. <laughs> um, some, some roles literally it's like wow the universe has aligned and she Rowan was incredible and so I will have to say my favorite scene out of the whole series if I have to if I have to just pick one is the scene where we have to say goodbye to each other yeah and um oh my gosh we did I think maybe three takes and it was each take was hard <laughs> and it's like you know I'm, it's like girl i'm about to see you downstairs right a girl i'm gonna see you tomorrow right at the cast party right at the at the at the um at the at the um the you know the finished shooting party like when the when the when they finished shooting they um 
through a dinner for all of us, um, the, the cast, the crew, the creative team. Um, and so, um, it, oh my gosh, I, I can't even express to you how it became so clear to me in that moment that she and I have met in a life before. She was more than likely either my daughter or my sister in a life before. That she is my sister now. And that I want to I want to do more projects with her and I in it. <clears throat> I think the relationship between women was quite interesting during the series. I love that the mother wasn't some hateful um, mother. She was pretty consistently loving and accepting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved yeah. that portion. I love the relationship with between your character and Esther, it does, they were honest with each other and they kind of was just a lot of the discussion of navigating clients, navigating your dreams, navigating survival. I thought that was really amazing. Um, And then, you know, the relationship between her and her sister. Yeah. Um, One of my favorite um, scenes, of course, is the champagne episode. Oh, <laughs> that was one that that pulled my high heartstrings. Yeah, was you know I am a hopeless romantic on some level, yeah. especially when it comes to my art, and so I like to see, um, you know, I just like to see how people deal with intimacy and trans women and cis men. Yeah, I like to see that being done in such a wonderful way that has context and realistic context right so in regard to that i thought it was amazing because a lot of times in the in real world context we because so many of us are dying of violence and blah blah blah, yeah. blah we don't get to explore the nuance that happen in love mm-hmm. and the push and pull that happens within cis men you know not the crazy ones that would kill us but the ones that are just really not sure about you know themselves and you know they're young and exploring and they meet this person who is outside of the box that they are for whatever reason cosmically or just on a basic level attracted to and how they navigate that Mm -hmm. when it comes to love and you know exploration and you know seeing them like regardless of what the world is telling me I still see you as a human being. I see who you are and I accept it and I like you. Yeah. And so I thought that they really delivered it really, really well. Oh yeah. I mean like what, you know, LJ is amazing, right? LJ Scott, he plays um, Damon. Um, Damon. He is, he is incredible. I mean, he, um, I love him and I think that he's great. And I think that, I think that what I loved about that that particular episode um, was that we we got to see um, black people um, being young and in love, right? And we and it wasn't um, there wasn't there wasn't a big to do about it. Right. It was written, you know. It was a courting. It it was written. It was there was there was a courting happening. There was absolutely. 
Yeah, it just was a a care. I, it's not just rooted in um, sexuality. It's rooted in I like you as a person, and right. because I'm a good person, I'm trying to show you things that I think you would be interested in. I mean, it's also it's also rooted in not just I like you as a person, right? But that like I am invested, and you. Um, th- there's also um it is also i am invested in you being all of who you are Mm -hmm. you understand what i'm saying because i think that like a lot of people can like us as people and i think a lot of people can even say that they love certain things about us but um but like you know relationship is a mirror as i think right in that when we stare into that mirror we have to be willing to enjoy the the thing that we observe, right? And right. so, like, uh, you know, Damon's whole thing is that, like, I, I celebrate and love or want to love or, or like, right? Because they, you know, they just get to know each other. or want to like all of you and being open to that right and so I would be very interesting uh, interesting I'd be very interested in seeing you know if we would ever get a season two um, and they both have survived right what would happen with, with their relationship and also, I want to be very clear that that Esther really called into being the type of relationship she wanted, right? Because I think that, like, a lot of times when we have these conversations about when it's, like, a trans, a black trans woman in particular dating, like, a cis man, we, like, uplift the cis man as if, like, as if, like, loving us is hard. Mm-hmm. But, like, we deserve love. We deserve to be pampered and celebrated, right, and uplifted and affirmed and, um, in our relationships because we often do that, right? Like, right. so many black trans women um, are often so affirming and, and uplifting and loving of their partners. And I'm like, well, yes, that is a, that is a relationship. So, yes, that this partner should also be loving and affirming you. And, and I so think- I also want to, like, celebrate Esther and talk about the fact that, you know, she really manifested that relationship for herself. Right. By being herself. Right. And I think when we, when we talk about, um, lifting them up as, you know, like our loving us is hard. What, what, when we, when we do that, we're talking about outside people making it difficult. But a lot of times men, will forego the easy interpersonal love that they can give that is easy and so yeah you there might be some things that you might come up against 
um, in regards to, you know, like your, your homeboys and your family, blah, 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 blah. But what Damon was really giving to me, especially in, in, in that episode, was it's that interpersonal thing. I'm showing you my interests. I'm talking. I'm, I'm, I'm getting you a room, um, a fancy room that I got a discount on that I spent money on and I'm broke. And I'm getting you this fine rosé that you ain't never tasted, a champagne that you never tasted. I'm, you get what I'm saying? These little, these things that are, that can be easy, easy ways to show love, easy way to love us, easy way, you know, for you to, the interpersonal relationship between you and a trans woman. That stuff is easy. And so, yes, it does, just because it's going to be some hard stuff that you may have to, some obstacles that you may have to outside of that's going to be thrown at you, that don't mean that you forego the love that you have the love that you show in the interpersonal way, because that's easy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's one of those things where it's so funny because I was like, you know, they're young too, right? Like, Esther and Damon are young. Right. So, like, things that are, like, super lovey-dovey or super, um, you know, what is their what is their love languages, right? Like, <laughs> so... It's so funny because I'm like, I'm such a mother, right? What is their love language? <laughs> 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 it's like, and so I think that, um, you know, what I appreciate in the writing is that it, it literally is super, super um, affirming and super intimate. Um, and then, so that's why I was saying, like, I would be very, I, I'm very interested, you know, if the series gets picked up, right, um, and we're able to do a season two, if both of these characters have survived, um, then, like, how do we, how do we see, how do we see the expansiveness of what it means to love? Right. Period. Yeah. And what does that look like being explored with those unique dynamics that comes with being in a relationship with a trans person? How do we see that explored? Yeah. Do you... um, And and then then how do we... And then how do we write? Like, how do we... How do we... I think any act of love is brave. Right. Period. So how do we... So how do we... How do we show or... How do we show or experience the bravery of these two people in a way that feels, um, in a way that feels deeply, deeply authentic and also deeply different than what we have told, have than what we as women, period, right, trans or cis, have been told. Um, bravery feels like right. when it comes to loving us as black women, cis or trans. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, I'm really, I'm, I don't know, I'm really hoping that King Ashby gets the season two is what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> so we can explore that. And that that's that's all about, you know, people out there saying they love it and talking to people in the executive chairs and and making a a big thing about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me about how did your relation your sisterhoods in your life um inform 
um, how you portray this character? Um, you, you know, so Petra, <laughs> I feel like Petra and I are very similar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, very I, down to earth, you know, very straightforward, very real, very mothering. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's how I am in real life, right? Like uh-huh. I'm very much, um, you know, I can be tough love when I need to be. I can be really, you know, oh, sweetie baby, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so for me, I felt like, I felt like, um, I felt like, uh, Dewey cast me also in the perfect role for me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as the series is concerned, because I am used to having to be like big sister and or, you know, mother to folks. Um, and that's fine. I mean, I come from a family of black women who are very much like that as well, like who are loving and affirming and, you know, we can talk about trauma and things like that. Um, but for the most part, our caregivers, right, who like, like taking care of people and like loving on people and things. And so I felt like for me, what I loved about the writing was that Petra, right, would have been the same person whether she was whether she was a sex worker or an executive of um, a multi million dollar company, right? Yeah. That who she, who she is at her core is who she is at her core. Um, and I thought that that was great. And then I, and then I think, right, that like, you know, I believe in past lives and things. And I believe that, I believe that Rowan and I have met before Mm -hmm. in another life. And that connecting with her was like, oh, wow. It felt like, it felt just familiar. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so... It was great. I mean, I was really, I can tell you this. I was really nervous on when I first got onto the set. Um, everyone else had already been filming a bunch. And so I was really, really nervous. And so um, both Rowan and, and Dewey were great at helping me um, relax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told you about that anxiety. <laughs> so, you know, Dewey had to whisper in my ear and, I, and I, as we were like just rehearsing. Um, our our first scene, he had to whisper right here. He was like, it's okay, Dane, just, you know, just relax. You're doing great. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> and then Rowan was so available. Like, she was just so open, right, to, to building, to, to building and investing in sisterhood with me, Dane. Right. That it helped. It helped. They yeah, help that was inform my Petra. You know what was interesting in the beginning that I won't say I had a problem with it. I got it, but it and I want you to explore this a little bit with me. Okay. So there was a there was a scene with clients with a client. Okay. Um, yeah. It was. 
you know, a little bit, little bit traumatic, but it seemed a little bit unrealistic. That is, and okay. I don't, and I don't know. Um, I don't know. First of all, the beginning. So the, 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 there is, uh, for me, as a trans person who had who spent five years doing sex work, yeah. it it seems like people who are into us would not be somebody who didn't want to see us. And there was an element. Um, there was an element to it that. I don't know. It seemed like why, like that's not. I haven't experienced anybody tell me that they didn't want to see you, and that was weird to me. Okay, can I reflect back? Yeah, go ahead. I think that, like, okay, so okay. Oh my gosh, several things. Okay, several things. First, I have it now. I I can say for myself that that um, has happened to me before but not with a client. Hmm. I can say that. Um, And that was about power, and Mm -hmm. that was about transphobia. Okay. So let me say that first. Um, Secondly, um, I think that, like, I I think that that particular John... um, I think that particular John is a manifestation of the system itself mm-hmm. and how it wants the gift of, um, it wants the gift of what black trans women give mm-hmm. without having to acknowledge the human, the humanity of. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I can also say that, like, you know, my experiences and that and my experiences in that world were um, were very. Um, it wasn't the stroll, right? Like it was, you know, it was it was a different sex work experience. Yeah. And so and so I I I personally, you know, you hear stories, but I personally like clientele was different for me. Yeah, clientele I've I've been I've been on the stroll, I've been um on the internet, I've been, you know, <laughs> up echelon. I've been I've been both and I can see I can see it being a situation in a regular like if you just meet in a trade, but a person who yeah. is a client who who is spending their money on you it, it it just that that just didn't that didn't ring true for me. But I the but I not the part where they're being overly aggressive. Totally have experienced that. Um, right. But it's just that particular part that was like, oh, I don't know. I just don't. That's the only part that didn't ring true. It just seemed like they if they're spending their money, they want. They want you to do cartwheels. They want you to do. They want to see you. They want you. The even if they spending forty dollars, honey, they want you to give them the sun, moon, and stars for that little raggedy ass forty dollars. And <laughs> you get what I'm saying. So they, 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 I I just haven't experienced it where a client didn't want to see you. Um, you know, of course they yeah. want they they'll have you in position. So that just that was a a unique um 
that was that was interesting to me. So I wanted to kind of explore that with you. Did you feel? But I also um, think, but I also think too, right? I also think as well, like how do we how do we know, right, that this is actually not that particular client's experience with all types of women? Because to me, that that's what I got from that fee. That like this is this is a man who who wants to be in control. At, but who doesn't want to deal with the responsibility of that control, right? Or, or, um, or, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. So I was like, it, for me, it felt like, I was like, oh, this is the person who probably does this at home with his wife, too. Mm. Where, where it's that, where it's that, you know, the women in his life, he probably thinks that the women in his life were of service to him. Yeah, I can see that too. Or, or he's taking it out on Esther, or he doesn't have that amount of control in his relationship with women, his life, because systematically and socially, it's not okay to be that abusive. And so he can come to Esther to get that kind of power that he can't get outside in the world. And I mean, when we think, right, when we think about. You know, when I think about the decriminalization, I, why I think it's so important for us to decriminalize sex work, mm-hmm. um, and that when you listen to the people who say that they don't want to decriminalize it, oftentimes you have to wonder, right, like, is it because they actually want to be able to have power and or be able to abuse sex workers? In a, cl- in a clandestine way. In a, in a way that, right, because, like, if you decriminalize sex work and you actually make it legal, then clients, right, your clientele, your John, has to be held accountable. Right. Now, now, now theoretically, right, theoretically, they right. have to be held accountable. If, if the state is not, if the state, right, quote-unquote, is not invested in protecting sex workers, this is all theoretical, right? Right. <laughs> because we all know, you know, that we all know that the state child. What they're supposed to do and what they do do is two different things. What you say? What they're supposed to do and what they actually do is two different things. Correct, right? If they are supposed to protect sex workers, then that means that your clientele are have to answer to the state if they get a little messy. Right. Or violent. Right. So, um, it could be that as well, you know? Yeah. What is your idea of, tell me, what are some of your takeaways that you think a person who is watching this show that is not trans should really, really hone in on. Oh, gosh, I got a list. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, we need more trans... We need more black trans narratives. Period. Like, I want to see more, I want to see more, I want to see more black trans women leading shows. 
I want to see more black trans men leading shows. I want to see more black trans non-binary folks leading shows, like being the lead of shows. Um, we need more, um, we need more black trans people consulting on writing. Uh, we need more black trans people in the executive producer chairs. Um, we have a responsibility as a community, as a society, as a people to make it possible for every person, particularly black trans people, to be able to live their most authentic, affirming life and that we have a responsibility to allow, to fight for, to protect um, the lives of, uh, 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 I don't want to say allow, to fight for, to protect the lives of black trans people. Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So I want to thank you for coming on the show and talking to us about it. And I want to thank um, all the cast and the directors and all the people who I know a lot of y'all I heard in the interview um, at the end. They every time they do an episode, they do a Red Cups and Rosé episode on yeah. there. And they were, you know, they really explained that a lot of people were how this became created is a lot of people was doing it out of labor of love. A lot of people weren't getting paid. A, a lot of people were um, just doing it because they thought the story story was so important. Um, Absolutely. So I want to thank everybody who created this story. I think it was unique. I actually personally know a trans girl who went through Katrina and some of the things that she talked about was was displayed and talked about so i think it was really authentic and i really enjoyed it and thank I think, you yeah i love i love my king esther family and i think that you know we really really believe in this we really really believe in this project we really really believe in esther right mm -hmm. um and so um yeah thank you thank you so much you thank you and thank you to everyone out there who has shown uh, this project so much love and has shown us so much love. Um, I'm hoping that we get a season two. I am. I'm also hoping that even um, beyond season two, that this really opens up um, the way for um, a lot of folks uh, acting careers as well. Um, yeah. Cause it's so, yeah. Issa Rae was yes. Issa Rae is it, it's on her channel. It was it was made through her company. It was so I feel like I feel like um you know I feel like you could have I think you I think we could have like another show about King Esther and invite like a bunch of people on because I think that um. You know, Carlene and Dewey and Angelica could really talk a lot more about the production, the production aspect, like the yeah. aspect of it. Okay. 
and like um and like how it came to be on um on a production how level. How it came to be on uh, Issa Rae's production gotcha. uh, YouTube. I know there was a lot of work that went into it, and, you know, they were updating me on things. But um, <laughs> for me, it was like, it was one of those things where, I, like, I was um, I was deeply uh, invested in the other side of it, the right. creative side of it. Right. Uh, they also had to have their toes um, in, in their hands and the, the business side of it. Um, and so I feel like maybe they could come on and, and chat about like how the evolution of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would be good. I would, I'm totally down. You know, me and Angelica hit each other up. So we, we definitely want to make that happen. So I want every one of y'all who are listening, I'm going to put a link to the first episode down in the bottom so you can go check it out. If you never heard of it, go enjoy. It is shot so beautifully. It is so artistic. The characters are nice. It's just it's just so great. So go support it. Make sure you hit up anybody who inspires you <laughs> to hit them up. Show them love. Show make sure you hashtag King Esther if you're talking about it, just so we can get that kind of um um resonation on the internet so we can get people to talking about it even more than what they have already talked about it so go check it out and the link is going to be on the bottom thank you for joining us today Thank you. Love you, sis. Thank y'all. All All right. Bye-bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, (laughs) y'all. Every little thing's going to be home.